episode 284, Daniel Geffen, The Self-Help Addict. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of Awaken Your Alpha, the number one men's development podcast for inspirational stories and strategies to thrive as a man. As a coach, keynote speaker, and best-selling author, it has been my mission going on four years on the podcast to bring you the best, the very best, the struggles, the action, and to share the real journey with you, what it takes to thrive as a man. Together we are stronger. Please subscribe to support the show through ayalpha.com and join the conversation in the Facebook group, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW. Get involved and I'll see you in the inside. Get to the podcast. Right, we have a good one this week. If you sort of a bit of a self-help addict yourself, and if you listen to the show, there's a good chance you will. I love self-help books, resources, and bettering yourselves daily. But there is a point when, you know, it doesn't actually help you if you're just consuming content all the time, not doing anything with it. We have Daniel Geffen on the line. He's the founder of Geffen Media Group. He's a fellow podcaster. He's an author. And his book has just been released, The Self-Help Addict. So we're going to dig into that and what it's all about. Started out a six-figure salary at the age of 23, went broke, got evicted onto the streets with his family, started a business from scratch. He's done lots of things. He semi-retired when he was 31, and he's launched a podcast show, which was rated top 26 podcast to listen to in 2017. Daniel, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Hell yeah! Yes, that's what we needed. You've done all sorts. How would you sum up? Is there anything you'd like to add, highlight, take away from your bio? What are you all about? I'm not sure who gave you that bio. I didn't, I didn't do any of that. I don't know what you, I think you had, this is a different guest that maybe, you, you know, like literally that's what I think when you, when you read it out, when you kind of say it out, I think, oh my goodness, like really I did that? Like, you know, I was always the guy, I was the self-help addict who was always looking up to people. I would never be the guy. I would never be like, you know, I'd never see myself as a leader or as a creator or as a host or as a speaker. I was always the reader. I was always the participant. I was the guy who would, you know, kind of spectate and see yeah. and, and I was that person. So, you know, it's, it's almost surreal to really hear that bio and, and say, wow, you know, I did do it. I did accomplish that. Yeah. So thank you. I appreciate the intro. <laughs> and where are you originally from? Your, and also kind of like your origin question, originally from, but where are you speaking to us from today? Okay. So I'm originally from London and I'm currently in Israel. I live in Israel. I lived in California though as well for a couple of years. My wife's from California. That's interesting. Uh, I couldn't place your accent. Bearing in mind, I'm kind of basically from London, just south of London, but I couldn't quite place yeah. your accent. Well, when you live for 11 years with a Californian girl who's like, oh my God, <laughs> it kind of rubs off a little bit, I think, on you. You know what I mean? Uh, and actually, if you think my accent's messed up, listen to my four children. Jeez, man, I don't know where they're from. <laughs> they've got a British father, they've got an American mother, and they live in Israel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whoa. like. Yeah, so I, that's... I speak a bit fr funny because you know I don't know I've travelled a bit and everyone says like it used to be in my hometown. Oh, where are you from? And I was, <laughs> you know, and I was like uh, here. I just I don't know. Yeah. And uh, I got an American wife as well, and I'm over here. I'm the last one I'd say in my house. The last one speaking properly is how I like to say it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just remember hating school. I remember I was a very persistent brat. Um, I got whatever I wanted. 
And I, yeah, pretty much I drove people nuts. That's, that's my memory of childhood in a nutshell. Well, I was actually going to, I was going to be a bit assuming here, but I'll say, when did you stop being a brat or have you stopped? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't stopped being a brat. <laughs> to be honest with you, that little kid inside of me is still there. I hear him all the time. And we'll talk about that as well, by the way, because I talk about that in my book about your thoughts and feelings. Because yeah. um, essentially that a self-help addict is pretty much controlled by his or her thoughts and feelings, right? So for example, um, you know, I was in the park uh, with my wife and kids and my, my two boys were, were on the pirate ship, you know, they were playing and I'm sitting there and it was, it was quite cold outside. So I'm like, you know, huddled up with my coat and my wife sits next, sitting next to me. She like gives me the, the jab, you know, with the elbow and she's like, go, go play with them. Come on, go, go be a good dad, you know? And I'm like, Oh, I don't feel like it. <laughs> so I can't be bothered. You know, that was the thought in my head at the time. And that was the feeling I had. And then I kind of just said, all right, fine. And I got up and I went and I just pretended to be this pirate. And I started going, oh, I'm going to get you. You know, I started chasing them around. And, you know, I went from feeling so lazy and, oh, I can't be bothered to just like running around, chasing them, grabbing them. And then they're yelling and screaming and they're loving it. And we're like huddling and falling over on the ground. And, you know, after about an hour, we walk home and I'm thinking to myself, I'm so glad I did that. Mm. I'm so glad I did because I want to be that dad. I don't want to be the dad on my iPhone, you know, always checking my, you know, like, you know, sitting there and like, I want to be there with my kids. I want to, and this happens all the time. You know, sometimes I wake up in the morning, I don't want to go to the gym. So I have that thought. It always starts with a thought. The thought goes, oh crap, I, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. And then there's the feeling, which you kind of feel inside of you. It's like, oh, I don't feel like getting up. I don't feel like going to the gym. And the flip, the, the, what I talk about in my book is you flip it around, meaning a lot of these self-help gurus out there, they'll tell you to change your mindset, right? You know, talk positively. And I actually think that, it, I think there's a better way. I started just taking actions mm. and then the feelings follow after that. I completely agree with that. A great point is I think in my life recently, same sort of thing is just, I didn't feel like going to the gym when I went back to England visiting family, but I just just got up and got my ass walking. Irrelevant mm -hmm. how I felt, it's just just doing it. And again, like, right. like you can say that's mindset, but I, I it was definitely more on the side of I'm just gonna you know start moving, take action. It wasn't really I didn't think about it. I definitely didn't feel like doing it. Yeah, and I actually look at my my thoughts and feelings like little children. You know, you don't beat up your kids because you because you want them to do something, right? You don't beat them over the head, right? You don't kill them. You don't crush them. People say, oh, you know, crush those thoughts and crush those. No, those feelings are your little children and, and you just need to take them by the hand and say, okay, let's, I know you feel like that and I know you think that, but we're going to go and do this. It's like my kids say, oh no, I don't want to go to bed. I don't feel like going to bed. I don't feel like brushing my teeth. I don't feel like going to school. And you're just like, okay. And you just grab them by the hand and you're going anyway. We're going anyway. So it's the same thing. I treat my thoughts and feelings like little children and I'm the boss. I'm in control. And when I was able to do that, that changed everything for me. I don't feel like writing a book. I, 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 I'm scared. I have all these thoughts about what's going to happen if it screws up. What if no one likes it? What if they, you know, and I just said, okay, but I'm writing the book. And I just started writing. It's the same thing with fear as well. We get scared to take action. We get scared to do things. And you know, people say, you need, to, you need to conquer your fear. You need to overcome your fear. 
But actually, one of the chapters in my book is make fear your friend. I don't think fear is a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. Because when you're scared, what happens is what fear does to you is it gives you that adrenaline rush. Do you, do you, Adam, when you, how many episodes have you done so far? 282. Holy crap. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you're about to get on and you're about to do an intro, do you still get those butterflies in your stomach? Do you still have that feeling of, here we go. I hope. And it, definitely, it, definitely, it definitely wakes me up a little bit more, you know? It is, but what, what you're saying, yeah, is that, you know, you might not feel like doing it, but that's irrelevant. You schedule these yeah. things. And completely honestly, no, I'm absolutely loving it. And I know, I know as soon as I get on and start talking to the person, um, there's a reason that we're connected. There's a reason they're on. And, you know, I absolutely love it. But it definitely, it's, it's that, like, if you're going to do anything, it's doubts or, like you say, just like, man, eh, you might not want to do it that day. And, uh, like you right. said, definitely take, taking your thoughts by the hand, just like, shut it, you're doing it anyway. <laughs> and the truth is, is that, you know what, if, if someone's got no fear whatsoever, usually they look boring. You chucked us sort of a little bit about your background in California and Israel. When did you start to awaken your alpha or find your path or what were you doing was it chasing a woman or what what are you, what are you doing in I, was, I was chasing a woman um Good. i met my Good to hear. <laughs> yeah i met my wife 11 years ago um she was actually visiting israel i was in israel um studying and she was visiting she was just here on on vacation holiday and we met up we dated for about a week and then she had to fly back to california and now I told you, you know, remember I told you I was this guy that, that uh, if I want something, I'm going to go get it. Well, so, so that was the same thing here. You know, I, I didn't want to, to leave her. And so I jumped on a plane and I flew to California and I got kicked out of a bunch of houses because, you know, I just kind of like crashed at people's homes and then overstayed my welcome. But um, we dated for, for a couple of months. And here's the thing. She played like th there was this game that was going on and I, I kind of wanted to get engaged. I wanted to seal the deal. Like I'm out here. This is an application for me. You know what I'm saying? I've got a, uh, I've got to start, I've got to study in Israel. I've got a whole you know, life over there. Like I'm in the middle of nowhere. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm here on a mission. My mission is you're going to be my wife. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So was your mission out there? Did, you, did that scare her off or did, was she unaware this was quite clear? Oh. Oh, oh, she, yeah, she knew. I mean, she knew that. <laughs> yeah, she knew. Um, and here's the thing. I remember on one date, I turned around to her and said, so, like, you know, what's holding you back? And she said to me, Daniel, you're a really nice guy. I said, okay, thank you. That's a good start. She's like, no, you're a really, really nice guy. I'm like, yes. Can we keep, <laughs> keep going? Keep going. She's like, you're too nice. Oh, no. What the hell does that mean? Right? She's like, I don't know. You're just, you're just, you're just too nice. Like, I just feel like, you know, you're just, uh, you're too good to me. And I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't, I can't put my finger on it. And that was it. Like, that was the end of our conversation. And I went, I went back to my room. Like, I went back to my, to my place and I lay, lay down in bed and I was like thinking it through. What the hell is she talking about? How, what do you mean I'm too nice? Like that, that should be the reason why she should want to marry me. And so I started thinking about it and I realized I know what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a typical sales situation, right? 
it's reverse psych. You've got to use reverse psychology. I've got to use the takeaway clothes here, right? <laughs> she, I'm being too easy to get. Yeah. And so I devised a plan. Um, she calls me up Saturday night. Uh, we didn't see each other over the weekend. And she calls me up. I didn't call her. I waited for her to call me. She calls me up. Good, good move. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She goes, she goes, hey, Daniel, how's the weekend? I'm like, yeah, it was all right. How was yours? She's like, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, listen, I need to tell you something. I want to I tell you something. She's like, yeah, sure. What is it? Now, my, beat, my heart is beating a thousand miles an hour right now. I said, I don't think it's going to work out. <laughs> like, my stomach was like churning. <laughs> he's, he's pushed his chips all in. He's gone all in. <laughs> he's like, what? What do you mean? What, what, no, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I'll be honest with you. I feel like the more I see you, the more in love I, f I, I fall in love with you. And so I just feel like it's best for both of us to end it now. I don't want to, you know, get more broken. And so I think I should just go back to, uh, to, to Israel and, and you should just date other people. And I'm, I'm going to be booking my ticket tonight. But it was really nice, you know, meeting you. And she's like, shut up. What were you talking about? No way. Okay, fine. She's like, okay, let's just go out one more date, one more date. And I'm like, okay, great. But we have to play a game. She's like, okay, what game's that? And I'm like, spin the bottle. She's like, what? What do you mean spin? I'm like, we're playing spin the bottle, but with different rules. You don't get to kiss when the bottle faces you. She's like, what, what do you do then? I said, you have to answer questions. So I said, I explained it. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to the beach and we're going to write down 10 questions, but they've got to be really deep questions. And we're going to put it in a hat and we're going to play spin the bottle. And whoever the bottle points to, they're going to answer the question. She's like, oh, okay, I love it. I love it. And so we went to the, <laughs> to the beach. It was uh, Santa Monica Beach. Oh. And we sat there and um, we, we played spin the bottle. And by the end of the game, we had, we had gone so deep. Um, she turns around to me and she said to me, she looks me in the eye. She says, I'm ready. And that was that. You know, um, you cut for all the, yeah, you cut yeah. to the chase, fish or cut bait. I, man, oh, yeah, well, babe. well played. <laughs> that was, that was risky, but like you've got to commit, haven't you? It's either, you know, in or out kind of thing. I like it. Yeah. By the way, that doesn't work anymore now in my marriage. I don't, there's no playing hard to get. Like, I've got to, I've got to be really nice guy. Like there's no, like I remember we once got into a thing and I said, but don't you like when I play hard? She's like, no, that was before we got married. That's only when it's boyfriend, girlfriend. Now we're married. Now you need to be nice all the time. And I was like, geez, I'm never going to figure this thing out, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. At what stage, I mean, the podcast, where did that come along? And when did you feel like you, you kind of, obviously the wife thing, you got that, you know, the deal was sealed as it were, but in terms of your professional life, when did you feel like you're on the right path and this is where, what you're going to run with? Okay. So basically, and I'll try and cut this short because it's a very long story and it's in the book. So for those of you that want to read it. <laughs> and the book is can... out now. Yeah, there we go. The book is out now. Amazon, baby. Go to Amazon, The Self-Help Addict. So that was a nice little plug. So uh, what happened was I was 23 years old. We sealed the deal, like you just said. We got married. And I managed to land a six-figure salary position in California. So we both moved to California. We're living in this Spanish townhouse. I'm driving a brand new car. What I've got an... to? What, 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 so what was your area, as it were? Uh, mortgages. Okay. <clears throat> and... I was on this high-rise building, 
17th floor overlooking the Hollywood sign. It was like the perfect dream life, you know, and then 2008 came along. <laughs> <laughs> I've interviewed a few people who got uh, shafted, as it were, by this. I got smacked around the head. Like, I've, I don't know what hit me. I couldn't sell a mortgage if I paid the guy to take it. Like, literally, it was that bad. And um, I was overdue the rent for about two months. And I get a knock on the door. And it's Olga, the Russian landlady. And I open the door and she's like six foot five. <laughs> she's towering <laughs> over me. And she's like, Mr. Giffen. I don't know if that's a good accent, but anyway. And I said, yeah, yes. And she said, you, I'm not going to do the accent anymore. Um, you're, you're overdue the rent two months. Get out. So there I am with my wife and my newborn baby. And I'm being kicked out of my townhouse. Um, it was a really dark time in my life. Like it was really dark. Uh, we ended up moving in with the in-laws, which... I would recommend not to, for those of you listening, don't live with the in-laws, bad idea. <laughs> Me and my wife got into a massive fight. Uh, and of course, the in-laws being present didn't help. And my manhood kind of got depleted. And so I, with my tail between my legs, I walked out and I left my wife and child. Um, and I stayed by, yeah, big woe. Big alpha no-no. And... <laughs> I, uh, I stayed by a friend for about a week and I was just depressed. Like I was, I felt uh, just like a nothing. Um, and after a week, my friend said to me, dude, you're going to lose everything. Like right now, all you have is your wife and child and you will lose that if you don't go like right now and, and get back in there. And I said, you're right. I need to do that. And so I went back and I literally begged her. I literally begged because obviously her in-law, you know, the in-laws at the time were like, who's this guy? Like he just walks out on yeah. you. So I begged her. I said, look, let's start over again. Let's move to London. Um, I'll get a job. I'll get a job in London and, and we'll, we'll make it. And she's like, okay. And so we moved to London. I got a job working for my dad who had a grocery store. And as an entrepreneur, I was dying, literally dying because just sitting there and serving eggs and milk to people, I wanted to shoot them. It's like, what the hell am I doing here? I felt like I was in prison. You know, I have all this creativity. I have all this drive and passion and I just want to, you know, build an empire. Like, and, and here I am sitting here just serving milk and eggs. What the hell? Yeah. So after about a year, I came home. I told my wife how I felt and she's like, yeah, I noticed you, you're, you know, you're depressed. Um, you have my full support, go and start a business. So I started a business and this is the part I'm just going to cut through the whole thing because it's just going to take too long. But I built a business from scratch. I built it up. Um, a couple of crazy. Business? What sort of area? The business was virtual offices and telephone answering service in the UK. Okay. Um, I built it up, scaled it. Then my uh, head receptionist wanted to commit suicide, uh, basically didn't come to work, um, almost lost the whole business, had a nervous breakdown, spoke to my mentor. He told me, get off your ass and go do something about it. I outsourced the whole company to a competitor, then went to a hotel lobby, worked out of the hotel lobby, built the, scaled the business up like crazy, outsourced my whole entire company to one of my competitors and pretty much semi-retired at 31. You're going to have to read the rest of that in the book because <laughs> I just I flew over it so fast. Um, then I moved to Israel. I was, uh, driving in, uh, uh, I was driving in my car in England and it was raining as it does all yeah. the time. Yes. And I said to myself, why, why the hell am I here? If I could be anywhere, you know, I could literally 
run my company from anywhere in the world. So I went home, told my wife, hey, let's go to Israel. She's like, sure. I know so, you studied there, but why Israel? Have you got links there? or? So, Israel in Amborn is a hot country. It's summer here in 10 months out of the year. Today, it's a beautiful blue sky and it's mid-January. Yeah. Um, and I'm Jewish. So Israel, it was a good fit for me. And my, parent, my, my wife's um, grandparents were here. Okay. So moved here with, with our three kids and I played tennis most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> then, then I got very bored because as you, as you are, as an entrepreneur, you get very bored not doing anything. And so I started a podcast show. Why not? Uh, built it up to, uh, you know, 150,000 downloads. And I've interviewed some incredible people, including a billionaire and Fortune 1000 CEOs and the smartest man alive and, you know, leading the listeners, F guys. What's the name of your podcast as well? I know we're talking about your book as well, but the podcast. Yeah, yeah. The podcast show is called Can I Pick Your Brain? And it was just, it's just been amazing. It's been an incredible journey. Um, and the podcast really opened up a tremendous amount of doors for me, one of which was Geffen Media Group. So with Geffen Media Group, I launched that um, to help people launch podcasts mm -hmm. in the simplest and most effective way. And um, I help people become guests on podcast shows as well. So those are the two things that my company does. Um, and my book, which has just come out, which I've been wanting to write for 10 years. I've been pregnant <laughs> with this book. The irony is I am the self-help addict. I kept procrastinating. I kept pushing it off. I kept being scared to, to just get it out there. And so what, what I did changed, was... I was going to say, what changed for you? Like you say, 10 years could quite easily be 15 years or what? And how long did that process take you of right when you're at right? enough of this, let's get it done, let's get it right. And how long was that process? Because we spoke before the interview about someone saying, hey, I've written a book in a weekend, whoopie do. Like, <laughs> that's going to be yeah. worthwhile reading. How long did this sure. take you? And what changed? Uh, this, so I started and stopped over 10 years. I basically, I'd, you know, I'd get all inspired and I'd go to the park and I'd take my notepad and my pen and I'd start writing and then, or I'd take my laptop and I'd start typing out and I'd get all excited and I'd be like, yes, that, ch that chapter's really good. And then after about two days, I'd forget about it and, you know, procrastinate. And then a couple of months would go by and it'd be like, oh my goodness, the book, I need to write the book. I need to finish the book. So that happened for a long time. About a year ago, um, I decided enough's enough. Um, I need to, I need to get this out there. And so I decided I'm going to make myself accountable. Mm. I'm going to put myself in a situation that's going to be so uncomfortable that it's going to be more uncomfortable not to write the book than to write the book. And the way I did that was I, I was tucking my nine year old son into bed. He's my oldest. His name's Alicia. And I said to him, Alicia, I have a surprise for you. And he said, what is it? I said, for your 10th birthday, you're going to get a book. And he's like, a book? I was like, yes, it's actually going to be a book that I'm going to write for you. And it's going to be your present and you're going to have the first copy. Oh. And he literally, is, his face lit up. He's like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Wait, 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 oh. And like, all I can hear for like the whole year was, I can't wait for my birthday, daddy. I can't wait for you to give me my book. And I'm just like, yes. Write the book. So I can't not, write, yeah. can't not write the book now, right? I've put myself in that the hole. Perfect. I completely relate. My, uh, my son's seven and he's an absolute bookworm at the moment. 
and similar thing i haven't committed to his birthday but he he's on at me like where is it and all that sort of thing yeah. <laughs> legendary that's good actual birthday very smart very smart <laughs> actual birthday and obviously then also what i did was as i i then publicized it on facebook and linkedin and my mm -hmm. podcast show I started telling everyone january 16th 2018 that's the launch date january 16th so people now would you know hold me account like you know they would be like okay well let's see if he does it you know what i mean yeah. um and i can't tell you how many people adam now that the book's finally out that they're like oh my goodness you you actually did it like you said you're gonna do it you said january 16th and you did it you know it's uh it's amazing it really is awesome we haven't really had a chance to mention about throughout this journey was there anyone being a self-help addict was there anyone especially either you know virtually or you know through a book or any kind of medium who really inspired you or helped awaken your alpha you know it's a good question and i'm going to answer it like this i think me and that that is the answer i think i turned around and i finally said you're the only one that can do this. No one else is going to write this book for you. You alone and no one else is going to do it. And let me paint a little picture for you, Adam. And, and for those of you listening or watching this, you'll know you're a self-help addict if you find yourself laughing and, and, and really relating to this and nodding your head. So typical situation in California, at least, I'm at the entrance of Barnes & Noble's. Okay, that's a big, the biggest bookstore in, in, in the US. Of course, this is before Amazon came out. Standing at the entrance of Barnes and Nobles and I'm about to go in and my wife is standing there and she's like, you are not going in there. Do not go in there. And the reason why is because she knows once I go in there, I'm lost for hours in there and she will never get me out. And so, of course, I was adamant I need to go in there. And so I turned around. I said, honey, go buy yourself a nice dress. I'll see you in a few hours. You know, take the kids out for an ice cream. You know, see you soon. And of course, I'd go in there and I would just, uh, just you know, go to the self-help section or the business section. And I'd start picking up all these books, you know, like 10, 15 books. And I'd start, you know, looking at the covers and the back cover and the testimonials. And I'd start flicking through the chapters and seeing what's in there. And what am I looking for, Adam? I'm looking for the one, <laughs> the one, that one book that's going to change my life finally. And, you know, and then I, I whittle it down like to three books and I'm like, okay, I've got to pick one. And one jumps out of me. and I'm like, yes, this is the one. And I tuck it under my, under my arm, like a baby. And I make myself, you know, I make my way to the checkout and I pay for the book and I quickly go to a quiet corner and I crack it open. You know, that nice crackling sound, right? And I get out my Stabilo, you know, yellow marker pen and I just start literally yellowing the whole freaking book. That's why <laughs> look at my books. I got hundreds of books, right? If you look at my books, they're all yellow. Every single what the hell is the point of marking the whole freaking book? The whole point of marking is that you can see something. But the problem is as a self-help addict is every single freaking sentence is gold. It's like, yes, oh my God, wow, that's gonna change my life. Yes. Right? And I'm like flicking through pages, flicking through, and then finally, finally, I get to the end and I feel this sinking feeling in my stomach, which is, oh crap, I finished. <laughs> now what? <laughs> right? Because here's the thing, as self-help addicts, as long as we are in observation mode, as long as we're in consuming content and learning mode, 
we could justify it. We could say, oh, I can't take action yet. I need to gather information. I need to analyze. I need to plan. I need to, you know, have a whole goal setting and all this stuff and all this. And we just kind of, and really it's procrastination disguised, yeah. right? But when we finish the book, suddenly it's like, oh no, there's no more information. And you feel like you've come to the end of the line. And now I've got to take action. And taking action is scary. There's responsibility there. I'm putting myself out. Yeah. So what do you do? So what do you do? Oh, he's got a website. Let me check out his website. And you go to the website. Whoa, he's got a free webinar coming up. Oh, man, if I, I'm going to go to the webinar and that's going to change my life. That's going to be it. That, I just need the webinar and then I'm ready. I'm going to take notes, right? So I, get, I sign up to the webinar, got my notepad, you know, writing lots and lots of notes. This is amazing. And then he gets to the end. And of course, right at the end, he says, now, if you really want to get serious, Join me at my, new, my next event in Vegas. It's only $4,999, including flights and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, mm, that's what I need. I need to be in a room with like-minded people. And I need, to have a, you know, I need to have a support group. And I need to go to his live events so I can meet him in the flesh. And then I'm going to shake his hand and he's going to change my life. Right? And of course... You go to the event and you get all excited. You get all pumped and he's like pumping you up and you're like, yes, yes, yes. And then you go home and you're like, no, 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 no. And that's the story of the self-help addict. It's a cycle and it's never ending until you break it. I was going to say, how do you go or how do you think you go from being a consumer to becoming a creator? You know, the answer is, and this is going to, it's just going to suck, but it's, <laughs> It really is. It's just going to suck, but it's just doing the damn thing. It is. It's just doing the damn thing. One of my chapters, we talk, I talk about idolizing people, right? You go to a Tony Robbins event and everybody's gooing and guying. It's oh, right. You know, like drooling, <laughs> really people like drooling over him. And it's like, he's a freaking human being. He's like, the, he's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. I love yeah. him. You know, the only difference between someone in the crowd and Tony Robbins. You know, the only difference between you and Tony Robbins is there's only one thing. There's only one difference. You bought the ticket. Tony Robbins got on stage. That's it. He's the, he is the creator and you are the consumer in that relationship. And so it's, it's just, you need to just get out there. When we were born and when we were young kids, I have four young kids now, right? So if you observe your children, you'll notice that they don't have any of these issues. <laughs> Imagine like if you didn't get up again, you'd just be crawling to your wedding, right? Like you, at, at that point in your life, for those of you listening, right, who, who you might think, well, I, it's just not in me. Of course it's in you because when you were one years old, you were persistent, you were courageous, you were creative, you were bold, you didn't give a damn about what anyone else thought. I mean, you thought, sod it, I'm getting up and I'm going to walk and if I break something, I break something and if I don't care what anyone thinks. And at some point in your life, and I want you to listen to this, at some point in your life, I don't know who it was and I don't know what it was, but you stopped you stopped pushing forward. You stopped believing in yourself. You stopped being curious. And you just suddenly caved in. And what happened? I'm going to go back to, way, to the way I was. I'm going to become 
that person I was because he's in you. He is. That, that child that was creative and courageous and just experimented with life and just enjoyed the moment and just didn't care what anyone thought is in you. It's buried there somewhere. You just need to remove all that crap and you'll be unstoppable. You really will. Love it. We should just mic drop now. Both our mics are attached to stands here, but <laughs> tempting to finish the show there, but I will wrap it up with a little alpha round. Is there a particular quote? And I mean, we could have probably took many quotes out of what you're saying there, but is there a particular quote or favorite quote that you like to approach your life or really resonates with you? Yeah. I mean, uh, actually the beginning of, I love quotes because at the beginning of each chapter of my book, I put a quote. So I'll quote you one of them uh, that I really love. And that is, uh, this was actually a billionaire that I had on my show who, who quoted this. Um, I asked him, I said, Jeff, you know, you're a billionaire. I mean, you freaking made it. Like, you know, there's millionaires, you know, okay, okay. But you're a billionaire. You're only one of 2000 people in the world. Like, what is it? And he said to me, Daniel, it's very simple, but this is it. I have a, a big um, sign up in my office and it reads as follows. Ideas are welcome here, but execution is worshipped. And that was Jeff, what was his second name? Just so easy. Uh, Jeff, 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 Jeff Hoffman. And is there a particular book, apart from your own, which is out now, is there a particular yes. book that's been impactful for you or you, you recommend it to people if uh, you just think it's a powerful and useful book? Yeah, I really like the E-Myth because the E-Myth is really all about creating systems in your life. And that to me was a game changer as well, is, is creating systems. So it's the E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber you've obviously interviewed a lot of people is there one that stands out for you not necessarily your favorite or the best one it could be but someone you think would be a good fit for the awaken your alpha show tof tof evans tof evans he was suicidal uh he was very depressed and um one day his his best friend comes in and basically says to him you know let's go for a run and tof is like hell no man i'm freaking depressed i'm in my bed i haven't left my 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 room in weeks uh i'm not going for no run and so his best friend stood there and literally didn't move until he agreed okay fine i'll come you're not leaving so he went for a run and literally just you know a 20 minute run changed his whole like he, he for a couple of days he felt uplifted he felt good and he said to himself if that's what a 20 minute run can do can you imagine if i start running every day and i and i so he started running every day and he became an extreme athlete and he ran up mount everest he's one of only 200 people who has ran a marathon up mount everest um and the reason why that was so memorable because it was because i got an email a few days after i published that show from someone who said daniel i just want you to know that i was suicidal i was thinking about taking my life and i happened to listen to your episode with tof and i'm i'm changing my life around and and i want to thank you oh, i love that so powerful man legendary and was there anyone else that's that's more than enough mate but <laughs> you said is that good okay awesome. Awesome. well um daniel it's been an absolute pleasure today and congratulations on getting your book out there that's what a lot of people don't do i know pretty much everyone's got a book within them but it's very few actually get it out there so well done my friend yeah for sure don't die with your book buried in you that's what i say the awaken your alpha podcast Live limitless. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to this episode. I really do appreciate it. And I know time is the most important asset we have. Please do subscribe and leave a short review. I really do appreciate it. 
head over to ayalpha.com to get any goodies that are going on the website at the time and awaken your alpha with ALW, the Facebook group, and get on the inside, join the conversation, and please do support the show. I'm going to recommend it to your friends. This is the number one men's development podcast for inspirational stories and strategies for us all to thrive. Thrive.